Welcome everybody, and a lichtige, illuminated, beautiful Lag Boimer to one and all. And the day of Lag Boimer, which is deep in its connections to Sphira Saomer and where it is, has a lot going on, and we're going to try and focus on one point, and that is, I'm sure, as you all know, thousands upon thousands of people flock to Meron every year. I don't know what it looks like this year. I did see a little bit of video footage. There were people dancing with masks on. It was hard to see exactly how it was playing out, but certainly looked different than it has in the past. But if you've ever been there, I have. It's an astonishing sight, the amount of people that are there dancing and celebrating in Meron. What's Meron? Meron is the burial site of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, the great and holy Tana that died on this day. What is it about Reb Shimon Bar Yochai that we can walk away from this day with? What is it that we can perhaps glean from his perspective on life and on Judaism that can make a difference to our Judaism going forward. How do we walk out of Lagba Omer with something from Lagba Omer other than just some s'mores that were made over a bonfire? Should appreciate that this day was something unbelievable in the life of Reb Shimon Bar Yechoi. Reb Shimon Bar Yechoi is known most prominently for the Zohar that he authored. And if you think, before we even get into the deep messages of Reb Shimon Bar Yechoi, if you think that you have nothing to do with the Zohar, we're talking Kabbalah, we're talking secrets of the Torah, you should know that that is not true. Because all of the Torah, of the Baal Shem Tev and Chasidus and the Arizal, all of that deeper perspective that's out there, that lends that flavor and that passion that we're so used to and that we so thirst for, all of that is really rooted in the secrets that were revealed by Rav Shimon Bar Yechoi through the Zayar. As it's brought down that the Arizal is just a commentary on the Zayar and the Baal Shem Tev is just a commentary on the Zayar. That ultimately they all were nourished at their core and their roots were dipped into the waters of Rav Shimon Bar Yechoi. So firstly on a personal note, we have a tremendous debt of gratitude to Rav Shimon Bar Yechoi and a tremendous thanks to Hashem that He allowed such a revelation through that great tzaddik of Shimon Bar Yechoi. And on a day that the tzaddik passes away, we know that there's an awakening in heaven of all that they did in their life and the ability to tap into that and appreciate it and reconnect with it. And we, we as this Nesiva Shalom, Chabura group, class, Shir, we should be appreciating the fact that Hashem has revealed this beautiful path back to him and back home through Rav Shimon Bayechai and subsequently the Arizal and the Holy Baal Shem Tev. So just personally, we need to appreciate. But you should know that this day was an astonishing day. Let's just recap a little bit Rav Shimon Bayechai's life so that we appreciate a little bit who he was and it was the time of the Romans and they had destroyed the Beis HaMikdash and there was a conversation going on. Were the Romans, did they do anything good or not? Are the bridges they built good or not? The bathhouses they built good or not? And Rav Shimon Bar-Chai commented that he did not think that they were beneficial for the Jewish people. And the Roman authorities heard about this. And they decided that he was punishable by death. And so Rav Shimon Bar-Chai and his son Elazar went to hide in the shul. And his wife brought them food in secret. But eventually the Romans increased the search, and Rav Shimon Bar-Yechoi and his son Elazar had to run famously to a cave where nobody in the world knew about them. And they went to this cave, and Hashem made a miracle, because how could you sustain yourself in a cave with nothing if nobody knows you're there? Hashem made a miracle that a carob tree grew there, and that there was a little stream of water for them. And that's where they stayed for 12 years straight. For 12 years, they sat there in that cave 
learning. And in fact, they buried themselves in sand so that their clothing can last the 12 years. Because they wanted to have their clothing so that they could daven to Hashem. When they begin to daven, they want that their davening should be in the most beautiful way possible to the king. So they would preserve their clothing. How? They didn't use them. They buried themselves up to their neck in sand, sat there learning all day, and only by davening would they put on their clothing. And that's how they lived for 12 years. Then they came out. They were astonished to see that the world was not fully dedicated to Torah study and that people were working. And a voice from heaven said, go back to the cave, you're not ready to come out. They went back to the cave for 12 months. And then when they came out, then they were ready to greet the Jewish people and see the Jewish people. And Rabbi Shimon Baruchoy said, when he saw a Jew performing a mitzvah, we'll talk about it later, he said, now, now I get it. Now I see their beauty. Now I'm happy to be among them. This is Rabbi Shimon Baruchoy, 12 years in a cave. And then he came out on a different level. You should know Rabbi Shimon Baruchoy said about himself in the Gemara. That if there's a thousand righteous people in the world, me and my son are among them. But if you raise the bar higher and there's only a hundred, me and my son are still among them. And if you raise the bar even higher so that there's only two righteous people in the world, it's me and my son. He said that with utmost humility because he appreciated that everything comes from Hashem. But a fact is he was saying that him and his son through those 12 years in the cave, and then that extra year, they hit a transformative level, unbelievable level. And it was therefore him who was able to reveal the secrets of the Torah, to write the Zohar, and on the day he passed away, which is Lag Ba'imer, it is written that a fire surrounded his house the entire day. He gathered his students close and he revealed to them secrets after secrets, the heartbeat of the Torah, the pulse of Judaism. He revealed to them and there was a fire surrounding the house that entire day until he passed on. So, obviously that means that this day has inside of it a tremendous fire itself. What is it about Reb Shimon Bar Yochai? What did he want to tell us? If he was here now, what would he beg us to remember? What's that fire that he would try and ignite in our hearts? The Nesiva Shalom tells us that if you want to know, obviously there's many secrets and we're not trying to give an all-encompassing definition of Rav Shimon Torah, of course not. He said, but if you want to know what Rav Shimon was all about, he said, you need to look at a story in the Zohar. And in the Zohar, it says that the students were gathering in to study by Rav Shimon And it says that they heard a voice in heaven that some angelic figure was coming in with them. They were going in to study by Rav Shimon and there was some heavenly presence coming in with them. And they started quaking. They were in awe over the experience. And Rav Shimon said to them, he quoted a Pusik about awe, fear, and shaking. And he said, that's for that time and that place. He said, but here... Anan talya milsa. Here, it's about love. Here, the fire is a fire of love, not of fear. Everybody, stop quaking, because in this house, what we ride on is a wave of ava chavivos, love and endearment. And says the Nesiva Sholem that this is the core of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai and what we find in the Zohar that he taught us over and over again. That a Jew needs to recognize the Ava, the tremendous love that Hashem has for us. And that Rav Shimon Bar Yochai says over and over 
the realization of this truth. And I just want to point out that all of our Svarim tell us that on this day it's that hidden Torah, the hidden part of the Torah that's revealed. And you say, one second, I don't know how to bridge between that and the Nesiva Shalom. The Nesiva Shalom is saying it's the fact that, but everyone else is saying it's the hidden of the Torah. He revealed the secrets of the Torah. It's not a problem at all because they're the same thing. The Zoyar tells us that the Torah, Hashem, and, Yis- and the Klal Yisrael, the Jewish people, are one. That we're intertwined. The experiences that happen to one of us happen to us all. Which means that if there's a day, and if there was an individual who's coming to reveal the secrets of the Torah, you should know that they're not only coming to reveal the secrets of the text of the Torah, they're coming to reveal the secrets of truth about Hashem and the secret truths about us. About us. So yes, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai came to reveal the secrets, the secrets of the Torah. The Torah, Hashem, and the Jewish people are one. Says the Nesiv Shalom, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai wanted you to know a secret about Hashem. You know what the secret is? Do you have any idea? Do you have even a small inkling of an idea of how much Hashem loves us? And I want to read to you the line that he quotes from the Zayar. Unbelievable line. I'm going to read it to you. Can't ever forget this line our whole life. If a person would know, if we could comprehend, if we would focus and realize and bring this truth into our heart, Goidel Rechimusai, the great love. Derachum loin kutshabrichuli Yisrael. The great, overwhelming, unending, ceaseless, powerful, passionate love that Hashem has for the Jewish people. If we could process that, if we would take today to process it, what would happen? Listen to what he says. Habeshagin kikafiro. We would roar like a lion. And we will pick up the hems of our clothing. To chase after Hashem. Says Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi. Let me tell you how to make yourself somebody who chases after Hashem. Let me tell you something. If we could comprehend how much Hashem loves us. If we could wrap our mind around it. We would grab the hems of our clothing, lift them up so that we could run faster and faster. We would have such a burning thirst to be with Hashem. Why? Why? Just because. If we would realize how infatuated Hashem is with us. If we could wrap our mind around that. We would chase Hashem to the ends of the earth. Says the Nesivish Cholim, this is what Rib Shimon Bayechai wants us to wake up to. This is what he wants us to realize. He brought down into the world the revelation of Ava, of the love that Hashem has for us, the passion that Hashem has for us. And if we would realize, we would run. We would run. The Balatanya writes, that if we recognize that Hashem is infinite, Hashem is infinite, that we all know. He said, but we also know that Hashem has love, has love for us. Now put those two facts together, says the Balatanya. If I love you, and everything about me is infinite, that means I have infinite love for you. Infinite is a very big number. Infinite is more than you can ruin. Who here feels that we may have made mistakes, we have done things wrong, but who here feels that we have filled up an infinite, an infinite cup of love with our mistakes? Every mistake we ever made in the perspective of infinite love is infinitesimal. 
You can't fill up infinite. You can't even scratch the surface of infinite. If we would realize that Hashem's love for us is boyer kilapirish, it's a fire of love. It's a fire of love. Then we would realize that we should run after Him and we wouldn't let our own mistakes stop us. But not only that, we wouldn't let our distractions stop us. We wouldn't let our business stop us. We wouldn't let our desires, our ego, our failings, nothing. How could you be stopped from running after the love of your life? Who could stop you? Find any two people. Find two people that are madly in love with each other. That are infatuated. You can't, you can't keep them apart. At a certain point, they annoy the rest of us, you know? That beginning stage when they're just so, they're staring into each other's eyes. Why? It's because when you feel that intensity from somebody else, you reciprocate. You cannot, you gravitate towards it. You want it. You want to be part of it. Wherever you are right now, whichever room you're in, whichever house you're in, stop for one moment. Let's all stop for one moment. On the day when Reb Shimon Bar Yochai shook the world with the revelations of this truth, let us stop for one moment and think, and I mean this, think about the fact that Hashem is in this room with us. Right now, Hashem is in this room with me. And that Hashem is looking at me. And that the love that is pouring out of Hashem towards me is something that is beyond anything I've ever experienced. As the Chavis HaVava says, that we don't have a good example in the relationships that exist in this world of the love that Hashem has for us. None, none of the relationships, he said, even a parent to a child is a love due to the fact that they feel associated to the child. They feel associated with that child. That's their child. It's not truly, in its most extreme sense, unconditional and selfless. And of course, parents, my mother's on, so got to be careful. But of course, parents are the most selfless relationship we know of in this world. And the Chavez Avavas points out, but even that is not the full picture of Hashem's love for us. So try and wrap our minds around that. Try and picture somebody who only cares about giving and giving. Why? For you. Just for you. Just because they love you. Just because they can't get enough of giving you. No matter what, no matter what you did, no matter how. The Bedicha verse says something astonishing. So that we could appreciate the love this Abba that Hashem has for us. So that we should never question, maybe we lost it, maybe we, ru- we ruined it. The Bedichover says you should know that if Hashem would have His way, so to speak, He would give all blessings and all reward to the greatest Russia, the most wicked Jew just as he gives to the most righteous. That's what Hashem would want to do. Other than the fact that he knows that that's not good for that individual. And for that, we need to talk about purpose of the world. But the idea being that we need to earn our reward for it to really be enjoyable. We need to rise to the occasion. And therefore there needs to be The idea that we only get it if we rise above the challenge, that's what's better for us. But if not for that, if not for the fact that that's the way it needs to be, if you want to know what Hashem wants, if you think for one second that because a person did something wrong, Hashem doesn't want to give them good. He says, no. Hashem is giving them good the way that's really best for them. But Hashem wishes that they could have that and also have have all their wealth, have everything they want. Have all the blessings in the world. Could it be? Yes. Just like, at least let's use a parent. Just like a parent to their child. 
never ever wants anything bad for the child, only wants good. Hashem is even more than that. Hashem is more than the a thousand loves of a parent. Hashem is more than, more than, more than what we can imagine. More love, more ava. Unbelievable. Nesib Shalom says, that's what we have to appreciate from Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. That's the message that every one of us has to bring home. And the Kabriner said, Kabriner said, that we say in Davening, HaBoycher Ba'ama Yisrael Ba'ava. Hashem chose us in love. And the Kabriner said, you should know Hashem loves many things. But among all the things He loves, for example, He loves justice. Hashem loves justice. It's true. It's accurate. It's precise. It's the way it's supposed to be. Yes, Hashem loves justice. But said the Kabriner, but Hashem loves the Jewish people more than anything else he loves. Which means even more than justice. Which means even when it's appropriate we should be punished. Hashem's love for us makes him disregard even his love for judgment and justice. That the love Hashem has for us is like we say, That's how we describe it. That he's so love-struck that it actually, the way you would translate it, it almost warps the way he sees things. Like somebody, you know, everybody's kid is a is a genius. Everybody's kid's a genius. You know, every one of my kids have, have been the brightest, the, the quickest at everything they did. You know, my great-grandfather used to say, what happened to all those genius kids? You know, I don't see any genius adults around. But the fact is, why is everyone a genius kid? Because that's when their parents are the one deciding. When they get older, then their friends decide. All of a sudden, they're not a genius. But when the parents are deciding, everyone's a genius. Everyone, a tzaddik, a genius. Chazal tell us that's the way Hashem sees us. That's the way Hashem sees us. Bilam got up to curse the Jewish people. He got up to curse the Jewish people. And he said, God sees no flaws in His children. I can't curse them. Does that mean Hashem, does, Hashem didn't get angry with us in the Chumash for what we did wrong? Of course He did. But if you want to know if He really, really is getting either Nachas or he's upset with us, it's nachas. Now, of course, Hashem has to show us. He's upset to help steer us on the right path. But if you're Bilam and you want to know what's the relationship between the Jewish people and Hashem, I'm here to curse the Jews. I want to know, is there a shred, a shred of anger, of real animosity of real dislike between Hashem and the Jewish people. I want to know if there's something real that I can harness to curse them. To that Hashem revealed, Lo yibit Yaakov, not Yisrael. Yisrael is the name when we're doing well. Yaakov is the name when we're doing poorly. Lo yibit I don't see anything wrong. I see gorgeous, beautiful children. That when I talk about them, I can't get enough of them. Do we realize who's waiting for us in the morning? What's the Zayah saying? If we woke up in the morning and we knew who was waiting for us, we would roar like a lion and we would run to go hang out with Hashem. To go do things that we know Hashem likes. To go for a walk with God. To be able to bring gifts to the love of our life. And I realized, what am I doing getting all fancy? Where's my paper? This is all over davening every single day. Every single day we're saying this and davening all day long. And I was davening this morning. And I was just like, this is everything. This is, we're saying this constantly. What do we say? Serve Hashem with joy. This should be, you should literally be singing. Why? So we say, Hashem is our God. We are His sheep. 
We are his sheep in his pasture. Ah, oh, we are his sheep. Oh, and so simcha, joy, dance in the morning. Why? Because did you know that you're, you're Hashem's sheep? You're his nation. He loves you. And then we say, Ki lo Hashem will never forsake us. What does that mean? It means that this is unconditional love. It doesn't matter what you did today, yesterday, five minutes ago. My tzaddik, my sweet children, lo They're so beautiful. I can't wait. I can't wait to see them today. I can't wait to hear them daven. I can't wait to get another mitzvah from them. I can't wait for them to call. He'll never abandon us. What do we say in Ashray every day? Hashem supports all those who have fallen. We, we did the falling. Hashem does the supporting. Why? Because He loves us. And we say in Mariv, Ahavas Oilam Beis Yisrael Amcha Listen to these words every night by Mariv. Ahavas Oilam, an eternal love, a never-ending love. He says, "Davening." There's not a chasidish Torah. He says, "Not Rabbi Shimon Bar even." This made its way into the basic text of how we talk to Hashem every day. Ahavas Oilam. Why did they put it there? Because we need to know this. This is how we be Jewish. This is how we do it. This is how we grow as Jews. This is how we connect. This is what makes us run after Hashem. In eternal love. Did you love your nation? Eternal. Says the Nesiva Shalom. Bring this full circle. We know on Lag Bo'imer the students of Rabbi Akiva stopped dying. Rabbi Akiva turned around and began to rebuild and among his students were Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi. And from those five students that he established after his 24,000 passed away is where we have everything from. That's what it says. Rabbi Akiva was the Rebbe of Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yachoy. And the Nesiv Shalom says, that's where this idea began to germinate. Rabbi Akiva was the one who began to bring this idea into realization. And Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yachoy took it and ran with it. But he says there's an awesome story. An awesome story where the Gemara relates that they, they weren't having rain. It was a drought. And it said, Rebbe Eliezer went and he tried to daven that it should start to rain and it didn't, it didn't begin. Nothing happened. He wasn't answered. Rebbe Akiva, the Rebbe of Rebbe Shimon Bar-Echoi, went forward and all he began, he began, Avinu Malkeinu, and he began to daven. Avinu Malkeinu. And immediately, miyad yordu gishomim. Immediately, it started raining. Immediately, it started raining. He started with avinu malkenu. Says the neshiva shalom. That's what Rabbi Akiva added to the equation. That was his novel piece. That it's avinu malkenu, our father, our king. That our father is the first thing. That our father, a father never abandons their child. That it's our father. And the custom is that there's a song they sing, a statement of Rabbi Akiva, that's sung on Lag Bo'imer. And it says, Jewish people, Lifnei miyatom mitarin eschem. Who's going to purify you? Rebbe Kiva says, who's going to purify the Jewish people? Who could do it? So far gone, so broken, so lost, who could lift us up? Who cares about us anymore? 
And who's willing to go to the depths and pick us up because they cherish every one of us? And Rabbi Akiva answers, Avichem Shabashamayim. It's their Father in Heaven who doesn't stop purifying them. Says the Nisivisholim, that's Rabbi Akiva. That it's our Father, our King, our Father in Heaven. Our Father doesn't ever stop loving. Our Father keeps giving. And that's where Reb Shimon Bar Yechai got it from. From his Rebbe. That the Avo of Hashem is unconditional. And Rebbe Akiva of Nedisivishon points out, had another student. And therefore you see that this teaching was permeating all of their learning. Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Meir got up and he said, And I hope we never forget this. Rabbi Meir said, Ben kach hu ben kach kuyim bonim. Ben kach hu ben kach. Whether the Jews are doing good or whether they're doing poorly. Kuyim bonim. They're still called the children of Hashem. That's another student of Rabbi Akiva. The realization that and we have to look in the mirror and be able to realize this about ourselves and we need to be able to look at everybody else and realize this about everyone around us. It doesn't matter. How dare you think about somebody else that they're less than. Do you know how much love Hashem feels towards them right now? Right now, how much love Hashem has, how much belief Hashem has in them. Like one of the Rebbe said, every morning we say, We say, Hashem, thank you for giving me another day. Your faith is so overwhelming. And one of the Rebbe said, Do you know what that means? It means Hashem's faith in us. That even though the previous day we failed, and even though as we're about to be woken up on this day, the angels say, Hashem, what are you doing? Give up on this guy. You see the pattern. Come on, this is basic math. You're not going to get anything out of them. Rabba Emunasecha, no Hashem has more faith than that in us. More faith than we even have in ourselves. No matter what, Hashem sees something about us. Sees something about us deep inside. He loves us despite that. And He loves us because He knows something about us that we don't even realize. And perhaps we can't even talk about the students of Rabbi Akiva. They're so great. But at least a lesson for us, that perhaps if this is what Rabbi Akiva stood for and taught, then his students who did not afford each other proper respect, perhaps it was a complaint against them. Of course they were great. But they could have hit an even higher level by realizing the teachings of their Rebbe, that Avinu Malkeinu, Avinu Shabashamayim, look at the other person next to you, and realize this is a child of Hashem, that Hashem is tripping head over heels for, that Hashem waits for them to walk into the room, because maybe they'll look back at him. When you look at the person next to you like that, you realize that they're royalty, that they're great, that they're unbelievable, no matter what you see about them. And when you look at yourself that way, you realize that. And then, you're able to roar like a lion and run after Hashem. It's a Gemara, you should know. Don't you know it's a Gemara? That Hashem literally wants to hear from us. That Hashem literally wants us to treat Him as real and have a real relationship. Like the Rambam writes, that you can fall in love with Hashem. You can fall in love with Hashem. The Rambam writes, like a person falls in love with a woman and it's on his mind constantly. So that a person could feel that way about Hashem. As a Gemara, the Gemara says, why doesn't Hashem give us everything we need? Why don't you wake up in the morning and have your entire year's salary waiting for you in a nice bundle by your doorstep? 
Why does it trickle in throughout the year? And the Gemara says a parable. It's a well-known parable. It's just not well-known that it's a Gemara. It's in the Talmud. It's not somebody's thoughts. It's truth. The Gemara says a parable that there was a king who loved their son. So they gave their son, they figured their son, the prince probably needs $5 million to live the year off as a prince. So they called their son in, say, oh, my dear son, here, here's $5 million for the year. Enjoy. Saying, thank you so much, dad. Thank you so much, your majesty. And the prince disappears. The next day, the king waits. His son doesn't visit. The next week, he doesn't visit. The next month, he doesn't visit. So where's my son? I want to see my son. Where's my sweet prince, my sweet boy? I miss him. I want to talk to him. I want to hug him. He doesn't show up. He doesn't show up till a year is done. After the year, he shows up. You know why? Because he ran out of money. So he came in. He said, oh, hi, Dad. They hugged. They schmoozed. Showed him pictures. How's the year been? And then he said, Dad, can I have some money? I'm out. He said, sure. And he gave him enough money for the week. He said, I'll see you in a week. Gemara says, same thing with Hashem. If Hashem would give us everything, what would drive us to show up and talk to Him? When Hashem gives it to us a little bit at a time, we constantly need to engage and turn to Him and ask Him. And what does Hashem get out of that? Let's process this Gemara. What Hashem gets out of that is that He gets to see us. He wants to see us give up. Your father wants to see you. We got to show up. He's waiting for us. He doesn't want to give us more even though he wants to give us more. But he won't give us more. He'll give us a little bit at a time. Why? So that we'll talk to him because he misses us. He wants to hear from us. Shayagim. Let's roar like a lion and chase after him. He's waiting all day for us. He's waiting all day. He runs the world. The Gemara is saying the way he runs the world is in a way that will provide him the opportunity to see us and hear from us. That's how much he loves us. If that doesn't make you want to show up to Davening, I don't know what will. The love of Hashem Gemara tells us, you know, this is not Rav Shimon Bar Yechoi's Chiddush or the Nesiv Shalom's Chiddush. That we need to remember this. And that this is where our Judaism is going to get its fuel and fire from. And that means, and let's make this real and practical, what that means is, that this one class is not going to transform your life. But when you go home, and every day you repeat to yourself, this line of the Zohar, and this truth of Rabbi Akiva, and what Rabbi Meir said about no matter what, you're Hashem's child, and that Hashem's waiting for you, and you repeat that every single day until you feel it in your bones, then you will run after Hashem. This one class will be a spark, but it will go nowhere if we don't fan it into a flame. But what we're saying is that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi is saying is that this is what it depends on. And in truth, it's a Gomorrah. And the Gemara says, Rishakish said, I think it was Rishakish. Oh, it's with Ketina. That every time the Jews would come to the Beis HaMikdash for the Sholosh Regalim Sukkot Pesach Shavuos, what would they do? Could you imagine this? Three times a year they show up. Sholosh Regalim at the Beis HaMikdash. What would they show the Jews? What would the experience be for the Jews to take home with them? This is what Rav Kadina says in the Gemara. He says they would show. They would roll back the curtain 
to the Holy of Holies. And no one was allowed in. But they would roll back the curtain so that everyone could see in because in there was the Aron Kodesh, the Ark, and on the Ark were the Keruvim, those angelic figures that represented God and the Jews. And on the Shalash Regalim, on those three great holidays, those Keruvim that were usually facing each other, representing that face-to-face contact between us and Hashem, at those auspicious times, Hashem would show even more because the Jews were going to see and the two figures would be embraced. They'd be hugging. That's what the Gemara says. And Ketina says that when the Jews came to the Beis HaMikdash, what would they show them? Not the miracles. Of course everyone saw. The miracles. Torah classes. What could it be? A Kumzitz. No, everyone gather around. We need to show you something. But, but I already came to the base of Mikdash. I obviously I'm invested. No, no, no. You don't realize how deep this goes. Roll back the curtain. Look at that. Hashem is making a miracle that two statues have changed position and now they're embraced. Hashem is making a miracle because He's trying to communicate to us. I love you. I love you. I love you. I don't care what. don't care who you are. don't care what you've done. I know all of that. I know all of that. I'm Hashem. I know everything about you. I know all your deep, dark secrets. Now look at the Keruvim hugging. I love you. Take that home with you. Go home with a fire in your heart. That you know that your Hashem, your Father, loves you. And is waiting for you every minute. He's waiting. And He's missing you. And He loves to hear from you. And He loves to see you. And He gets such pride out of what you do. And such nachas from what you do. Take that home with you. And the Gemara says right there on the next page. That in fact when they came to destroy the temple... When the Romans came, the Babylonians came to destroy the temple. And that was a time that we were not doing well. They went into the Holy of Holies and they pulled out the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And what do you think the Keruvim were doing then on that tragic day of history? When we were doing so poorly, the Gomorrah says, Correct! They were hugging! They were hugging! Because when will we realize no matter what Hashem loves us. Even on that day Hashem loves us and has nachas from us and He sees a spark inside of us and He's waiting He has faith that we're going to bounce back and turn around. And He can't wait for that to happen. And He can't wait to hear from us again. And he can't wait for us to rise again and battle back the enemy again. And pick ourselves off the mat. Our Father. Our Father that never ever stops being our Father. And Hashem sees something inside of us. And it's something that we don't even see ourselves. And this is the second hidden spark, hidden Torah, that's getting revealed. Like we said, it's a hidden piece of Torah, it's a hidden part of Hashem. That even when it looks like Hashem doesn't love you, even when you don't see it, even when you don't think you should be loved, Hashem loves us. And it's because Hashem knows another hidden thing. Another hidden Torah, which is the hidden Torah inside of us. The hidden part of ourselves that we ourselves don't realize. The Kabrina said, you don't believe in Hashem. Believe that you believe. You don't even know yourself. You think you're a washed out nobody. You have no idea who you are. 
You have no idea the greatness of your of your being in your core. You don't believe, believe you believe. You just didn't realize you believe yet. The Balatanya writes, Abba Mesuteres, everybody has a burning love for Hashem. It's just in their buried cupboard. You don't realize it. That your soul is so pristine, is so yearning for Hashem. Like my grandfather said, you could try and ignore your soul, but it will keep you up at night. Why? Because you can't kill it. The real you loves Hashem fiercely. The real you. I know me. You don't know you. We have to get acquainted with ourselves. That there's a hidden Torah, a hidden spark, which is inside of us, which is burning, and Hashem knows that spark, and Hashem sees that spark. And Hashem loves us no matter what, and Hashem has Rabbi Munasechel, He knows that there's something in there that has not gone out, and is ready to turn around, is ready to be ignited again. You've given up on yourself, but Hashem has not. We stop liking ourselves, but Hashem has not. I heard an incredible story. It's an incredible story, which will give us just a little bit of a perspective. An example, maybe, of how Hashem feels about us. And I heard this story said by a speaker who had heard it from the students of the rabbi who it happened to. These students were students in a yeshiva in Israel, Atarath. And their Rebbe is the person in the story. So, this is third hand. Pretty good. He said that their Rebbe was a Gabbai Tzedakah he used to collect, besides for being a Rebbe in the Yeshiva, he used to collect a tremendous amount of money for the widows and the orphans in Israel, the poor. Sometimes he had a tremendous amount of cash in the house. He said one night, a group of thugs broke into his house. He said that they stormed into his bedroom and they yanked him out of bed and they started beating him. And they said, we know that you collect money. We know that you have a tremendous amount of money that you collect for tzedakah. Give it to us. And he said, no. I'm not giving you that. Those people need the money. They started beating him and beating him. Relentlessly beating him and he refused. He didn't want to give away that money. He didn't want those people to lose all those funds that they needed to survive. He said, and they pulled out a gun and they were slamming him, literally beating him to the point that it was in danger of his survival. And they said, give us the money. And he looked at them and he said, I just cannot give you the money of these widows and orphans. And the fellow, the head of this gang, standing there with his gun, heard those words after beating the rabbi to that point, seeing the blood pouring out of him. And to see him look at him back and say, I cannot give away the money that is charity, that is tzedakah and belongs to those poor people. He said, something overcame him. And he said, Atatzadik, you're a great person. He said, you're a great person. You're hurt. We can't leave you like this. And he grabbed the rabbi and threw him over his shoulders. And he ran out to the getaway car. And he came in with the rabbi and the guy said, what on earth? He said, quickly to Adasa, get us to the hospital. 
We have a righteous rabbi here. We can't let him die. Something took over this fellow. He said they rushed him to the hospital. They got him into the emergency room. They quickly, they wheeled him in. And this fellow, this criminal, this thug is standing there by him and he's saying, Rabbi, come on, pull through. Don't leave us, I'm sorry. He said, and the rabbi motioned to him. Come here, I want to tell you something, come close. And he leaned in. And the rabbi said, run. He said, what? He said, run! Before they catch you. Run! He said, Rabbi, what are you telling me? I'm the one who did this to you. And the rabbi said, and let's hear these words as Hashem is saying them to us. The rabbi said, no. A wicked person beat me up. But you are a tzaddik. Some wicked guy some criminal beat me up. But you are a tzaddik. You in your essence are a tzaddik. Run! And the fellow took off. Who can imagine what those words must have done and how they must have transformed his life. Every one of us, we do things wrong. We beat Hashem up. We rob him. We're criminals sometimes. But know that Hashem says, yeah, 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 a criminal did that. Somebody messed up. It's an error. But you are a tzaddik. And then Hashem calls us close. And I know he does. You know how? Because how do you continue living after you do something wrong? When you do something wrong, how come we don't blink out of existence? If Hashem wants, He could. The answer is because that's not what He's saying. He's whispering, close, come close. I know you just did all that wrong, but let me tell you something. Run. Run home. Don't get caught in this mistake. You're a tzaddik. I don't want to lose you now. I'm going to continue to give you life because I have faith in you. I have confidence in you. Run! But give out. Roar like a lion and run. Run home. Run to be back with Hashem. Hard to talk. I'm sorry. Chadush Arim says every single Jew, every single Jew currently, as they live right now, not in potential, not what you will be, every Jew right now is doing something which gives Hashem such pride, such nachas. Such chain in the eyes of Hashem. They're celebrating. He said, you won't figure out what it is. We don't understand even how to appreciate ourselves. But you should know that in heaven right now, in Shemayim, you should know they're celebrating and they're singing my name and they're singing your name. And every single one of our names, they're singing and celebrating something because there's something about us. Something we won't even appreciate. That they're dancing for joy about. They see us, the hidden Torah, the hidden part of us, the spark inside of us, the thing we're pushing for. When we slave away and we say, I'm not going to be angry that much. A little bit more. We don't realize how much nachas Hashem gets out of it. And Rav Meyer says, this is actually the root of an unbelievable story about Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. That Rav Shimon Bar Yochai came out of the cave and said, after the 12 months, because he went back in, he came back out and he saw a Jew running. 
and the Jew had two hadasim, two myrtle branches. They were besamim for Shabbos. And he said to them, what are you doing? He said, oh, these are Shabbos, you know, to smell nice in Shabbos. He said, why do you have two? He said, one's for Zachar, one's for Shomer. We know Shabbos was given with two different commandments. To remember it, to make it holy, and to guard it, to keep from violating it. If Shimon Baruchai said that seeing this Jew and hearing that answer made him feel at peace with coming out and joining the rest of the Jewish people. And Rav Tzvi Ma'ezilberg says, what, what was it about that answer that blew Rav Shimon Baruchai's mind? What was it that helped him to connect to the regular good old Jew? And he suggests that Shamar, Zohar, is when you make something holy, amazing, uplifted. Yeah, that, that's incredible. Incredible service of God. Hashem loves that, right? But what this Jew was saying is I have a, se- a separate sweet smelling branch which doesn't come from that. I'm not a tzaddik. It's my shomer branch. You know what that is? It's my gift to God when I stand guard and battle. Battle for an inch for God. I battle to not violate the word of Hashem, to not desecrate my soul and my purpose. That you should know for the holy, holy things, Hashem loves them and they're my gift to God. But let me show you my other gift to God. That down in the trenches, in the mud, fight for an inch. And that smells so sweet to Hashem. And Rabbi Shimon Baruchai said, you're right. You're right. How wonderful to be back among the Jewish people. That every one of them is doing something which Hashem gets such pride from. Maybe it's a battle. Locked in battle with a desire, with something wrong, a struggle. Maybe it's some little pocket of holiness they've managed to create. Something they sanctified, something that they do delight in. But every one of us is shining something that Hashem has pride in now. And then Rabba Emunasecha. Hashem sees the spark inside of us of what we can be and what we will, God willing, be. And that's the love which is the engine and the core of our Judaism and of our path forward. And when we would get up there for those holidays, the Shalosh Regalim, that's what they would show us. Look at the Kruvim. Look how they're embracing. Take home the love of Hashem with you. Light that bonfire in your heart. The fire of love that Hashem has for you. And that will make you have that fire of love to Hashem and you should know you have it already. It's in you. And when you realize that Hashem is waiting for you, that will bring that out. And yes, even when the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed, even when we're doing everything wrong, no matter what, we are Hashem's children. So let us, on this great day of Lag Bo'imer, take that fire that Reb Shimon Bar revealed to the world. The fire of connection between the Jew and Hashem. The fire of a connection that cannot go out. Like it says in Shira Shirim, raging waters cannot put out. This love, this love is beyond anything that can be extinguished. Let us recognize that, realize that. And let us all merit to hear how Hashem is calling. Tzaddik, run home. Run home, Tzaddik, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, run for your life. I can't wait to see you again. Every moment I'm waiting for one mitzvah from you, from one word, from one prayer, from one tefillah, from one action, from one standoff with your evil inclination. Send me presents. Show me your face. Ahavas, oilom, amcho, beis, 
a wonderful eternal love has Hashem shown us. May we all merit to feel that fire, to focus on that fire, and to ignite a raging bonfire of love towards God in our hearts and in our souls for the rest of our lives so that we may merit to roar like lions and chase after Him to the ends of the earth.